your resume by studying abroad and get that dream job. Don't miss the graduate school fair at the Nest UBC on Wednesday, March 1st, or the study and go abroad fair on Thursday, March 2nd at the Vancouver Convention Center. Admission is free. Come early to catch our feature seminar on scholarships. For more info, visit our website at www.studyandgoabroad.com. Now, when you were starting out as a writer, you were black, impoverished, homosexual. You must have said to yourself, gee, how disadvantaged can I get? Well, no, I thought I hit the jackpot. Oh, great. If it's so outrageous, you could not go any further, you know. It had to be, so you had to find a way to use it. Curated by Barbara Chirinos in partnership with Viff Van City Theatre, the annual Black History Month film series shines a spotlight on African North American film and history. This year's program encompasses music, political protest, spiritual, emotional enterprise, and endeavor. The centerpiece of Black History Month at Van City Theatre is the exclusive Vancouver premiere of the Academy Award-nominated documentary I Am Not Your Negro, screening from February 24th. Other highlights include Julie Dash's seminal Daughters of the Dust, the music films Molly Blues and Sign of the Times, and a new Canadian documentary about the untold history of black hockey players, Soul on Ice. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM with Dama. And Dora. Um, starting off the show, we just want to acknowledge that we are broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam and Coast Salish territory. Always super important to acknowledge that, um, that we are on stolen land, which is cool. Um, we are sorry... Beautiful, dedicated, loving listeners. We didn't have an episode last week because it was snowing and it hard. It was impossible to get to campus. Um, basically, it, I think the whole station was basically like dead. Yeah, all of that day. That was bad. That was not fun. No, it wasn't. But yeah, just like Dora was just frantically messaging me like, I'm running after a bus yeah. and I've been running after this bus for two hours. It I'm took, so tired. It took me two hours to be like, to like figure out that I just had to go home. It was so frustrating. Um, but we did just play um, Vanessa Moodley's You Believed off of her loved EP. Awesome song. Yeah. Um, but why it's relevant that we missed last week is, um, well, I mean, like, besides the was, fact that yeah, we, that we deprived <laughs> our listeners of our beautiful quality content um is it is february and last week was our first um show of the month and as i hope everyone knows february is black history month um in at least canada the u.s no idea if it's international irrelevant um but (laughs) we're talking about it so um but so we wanted to start last week um it with a totally black centric like month of content yeah we didn't because 
snow hates us. But so we're starting strong, just kind of pushed it ahead. Um, we're talking about Spike Lee. Yes, we're very excited. Like very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, also like super timely. Um, next week at um the nest or like the the egg in the nest is every every wednesday we have screenings i feel like we don't talk about the yeah, fact that we're with film sock we, a lot. We, we should probably keep telling people that we're with yeah film no sock. screenings are happening um they're every wednesday and they always start at six and next week we're showing um I, w- I really wanted I really wanted to watch it, but then I had to like hold off because I wanted to see it on the screen big screen. Um, the Sweet Blood of Jesus, um, which is like a Spike Lee black vampire movie. I love Spike Lee. I love vampires. It's like everything I've ever wanted. So excited. Um, and it's like double billed with Ganja and Hess, which is another um, just like black vampire movie, which is just amazing. I love it that exists yeah um, it's a whole genre now it's just like movies that are normally white centric made black centric <laughs> <laughs> nice. well what a concept crazy um i actually the worst movie i think i've ever seen in my entire life we talked about it i think last year at some point was vampire in brooklyn which is like a black exploitation film where eddie murphy is a vampire it makes <laughs> no sense it's so bad but also like so good <laughs> at the same time yeah no as as they are wont to do yeah yeah i can see that um but yeah so spike lee let's spike lee. get into it let's do it what did you watch dora i watched um I, well i wanted to watch malcolm x and chirac mm-hmm. but i only watched chirac tell me about chirac i'm into it i would love to chirac was amazing <laughs> listeners if you haven't seen chirac watch Chirac um it's like it's set in Chicago so also what I loved about it and I heard about it at the time but I forgot it had like that was the reality until I um like started watching it was it set um or it's based on this Roman play um where there's civil war so or yeah it's a Roman play about ancient Greece so um for a really long time for people who don't know <laughs> um, the Peloponnesian Wars um, were a huge thing in Greek classical Greek history, and it was basically war um, between Sparta and Athens. Um, Athens eventually lost. Um, it was kind of like a weird Athens as like this cultural philosophical hub um, versus Sparta as this like very militaristic space or culture. Blah blah blah. Whatever. So the concept of the play is. Um, Athenian and the play went on for like the the war went on for like thirteen years. So, um, the play is about um, the Spartan and the Athenian women who are sick of this war. They're over it, and they want to end it. And the way they go about that is through the limited agency that they have as women. Is it's a comedy. Um, they just withhold sex from their husbands huh? until um, the war ends. I think like at the, at the end of it, like some goddess is like like carries um a senator away and they're like like the one senator really purporting the war and it's like okay great war's over um it's very effective (laughs) and that is what Chirac is based on um but it's about gang wars in Chicago and it's so beautiful um if only in that like they just speak in rhymes the whole time no yeah no the entire movie is just like rhyming samuel, i'm so into it it's amazing samuel jackson is like the narrator of it and he is like a baller he has like he has like the hat he looks like a like kind of like a um a four a 1940s gangster from chicago he he's like a thing in spike lee movies oh he's yeah, like no, no. he's like bill murray in wes anderson movies he's just like a recurring participants so is um denzel washington i noticed when i was like Mm. trying to pick movies to watch he's in like all of them (laughs) fun but i keep telling you sorry i just little sidebar no no no. um it's um also i think i want to say it came out last year um but it's also a musical at the same time it's it's really beautiful every single like yeah I'm just, like, thinking about scenes, like, there's a lot of, like, organized dancing. It's an amazing movie. Chirac, C-H-I hyphen R-A-Q. Um, and that actually, that name comes from, I don't know if that's actually a term that's used in Chicago, but it comes, 
from the uh, fact that more um, African-American people are killed in the inner city of Chicago than were killed in both than American soldiers killed in the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. Mm-hmm. Um, fun Powerful fact. name. Powerful oh, name. yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm like quite confident that it came out last year was or is that it was like last year was a huge Oscar so white kind of mm-hmm. um thing and spike lee was like (laughs) at the time like when he said it i was like oh my god get over yourself but he was like my movie is so good (laughs) um and it wasn't recognized for anything because it talks about this important like black issue and it's like all black people and i was like spike lee like or your movie just wasn't good like it wasn't as good as you thought it was Mm -hmm. and i watching it i was like no this movie's amazing um it should have been at least like gotten like nominated for something yeah no um it's absolutely outrageous that it wasn't Mm -hmm. nominated for anything if also because um the act the actors and actresses are so 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 amazing so powerful in it it's it's an amazing movie i recommend it to literally everyone so just to like get it through my head Mm -hmm. it's about the gang wars in chicago and the women withholding sex to stop them? Yeah. Like, it also focuses on the women? Oh, stop- it's, it's all about the women. Oh, my God. Um, like, the, like it's kind of like the beginning of the movie, like, sets up this. Um, and also, it's cool because, well, I, as, like, a classical studies, like, nerd, I just, like, had a rush. Um, it's the Trojans versus the Spartans. That's, like, the name of the gangs. Ooh. Um, and there's just so much classical illusion. I'm just, I was watching it, just my mind exploding. It combined everything I've ever loved. Um, it was, it was, uh, like, so phenomenal. I, like, I, like, honestly, I don't think I really absorbed it because every second of it, I was like, so, so much good. so much classical stuff going uh, on yeah no i definitely need to I, it's a rewatch for sure mm-hmm. um but it also i think it like something that i have noticed and i've seen i've seen i although i didn't watch um multiple spike lee movies this week i've seen many mm-hmm. and something that i like i'm always kind of surprised by um is lee's narratives I think are very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Like in, um, for example, Do the Right Thing. I think, which is his most famous movie, um, it's like a normal day in Mookie's life. He's the main character, and and they t- like race and stuff comes up. They have all these conversations, but it's just kind of like a guy living his life in his community, and then in the end, they it burn down crazy. a pizza store. Yeah. Like it, the spoilers. Yeah, no, oh my god, this movie is just, or this show is just, like, <laughs> bad. Yeah, give up. I was going to talk about Do the Right oh, Thing sorry. in a way that wasn't going to spoil the movie, but um, too late. Honestly, that movie came out, like, 40 years ago. If you don't know the ending, check yourself. Um, <laughs> but I think that he does this really, uh, like, interesting thing that I don't think a lot happens a lot with, like, um, directors who are as famous as he is or, like, as, like, well-renowned as he is. And that the – he's kind of allowed – like, for some reason, I like, he's been allowed by the industry to have these dramatic, um, like, kind of almost, like, almost fantastical, like, rises in tension um, – that the especially in Chirac, I mean, it was based on an ancient play, and plays are like dramatic. Yeah, like that's <laughs> the whole point of them. But like, it didn't. F- like, I think he's one of the only directors who could have pulled this off because it didn't feel out of place in his repertoire. Like yeah. it, it felt very natural, and it felt very natural within his filmography. But then also, like as a director, it felt very na- like a very natural choice to so, like, yeah, I'll make a musical. Like I'll make a super like. Like, what's also so funny is that it's kind of silly. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the women, um, there's this really amazing scene where they take over the an armory in the city. And they, like, like the main character, the main female character kind of, like, seduces this, like, racist, sexist general. 
and like just kind of takes over and it's so it's so comical and like <laughs> like so like acknowledge like it acknowledges its com- comedy comedy um and like like silliness in a like I think of like really unique way. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, fun fact. I just want to preface this. the The other reason I don't feel bad spoiling Chirac is the play came out <laughs> like hundreds so of thousands, many of, years thousands of years ago. So again, check yourself if you didn't know. <laughs> uh, I was just like thinking about the whole play thing and like looking through uh Spike Lee's Wikipedia page, like to see if he had any like formal. Uh, play training, I guess, because I hadn't realized until you pointed it out. But yeah, you have the whole like sudden rises in tension that you get in plays. And then like, yeah, it would make sense that someone that uses that so much, which is like such a theatrical um, artifact almost, um, would then go on to make like a musical. And, yeah, like, totally. It makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that's really cool. Has he do we know if he's done any other like musical type things? I have no idea. I know that he has done a few plays. Okay. Okay. Um, I that's all. That's okay. all my info. So though. that that makes sense to me. <laughs> like the fact that he's done plays is like, oh, that explains a lot in yeah. terms of how his filmography goes. So yeah, since you touched on it, I guess let's talk about Do the Right Thing because that's one of the movies that I watched this week. Oh yeah. Um, quick summary: If you didn't hear the spoiler before. <laughs> Uh, it follows the life of this guy, Mookie, in, like, this black neighborhood in Brooklyn. And they, like, it's it's just his life. And you get to see kind of a picture of the neighborhood. I feel like the majority of the movie is just, oh, look at this neighborhood. And this is, like, the stuff that's happening. And you get to know the characters and what their day-to-day life is. But the one thing that's different about this day... Uh, as opposed to all the other days, is that it's ridiculously hot. Like, it's the middle of summer, and it's never been hotter. And I think, like, the point of the movie is to show how, like, the heat ends up making all the racial tensions totally escalate. So it's, like, a predominantly black neighborhood, but you still have, like, a few white people in there, and, like, some Latinos, and, like, some Korean grocers. And what I thought was so, so interesting about this movie is that you see the racial tension between all of the races. Yeah. Like, in no way is it, like, a self-serving, like, poor white, uh, like, poor black people thing. It's like, look, there's racial tension everywhere. And, and like, everyone feels it. Everyone feels it, exactly. There's, like, the black people discriminating against the Asians, the Asians discriminating against the uh, the black people, the white people discriminating uh, discriminating against everyone. Like, everyone <laughs> is discriminating against everyone. Um, and you... At the start, it's just this very, like, under-the-surface type thing. But as the day goes on, these, like, little events that normally wouldn't really trigger anything just keep being completely blown out of proportion because it's just so hot that everyone is just totally on edge. So, like, the smallest thing uh, that ends up leading to the spoiler that Dora gave at the end um, is just this guy sitting in the pizza store that Mookie works at and he notices that there's no black people on the wall of fame that this Italian guy has in his restaurant he's like oh how come there aren't any black people like you should get some black people in there and the Italian guy's just kind of like done he's like no my restaurant but also they're all Italian people yeah 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 he's kind of like this is an Italian restaurant I'm Italian I'm showcasing my yeah heritage or whatever yeah so like you just end up seeing this whole like Dude, like, just just let it go. It's this guy's restaurant. But he's like, no, like, I'm going to go through with this. And he, this whole, like, revolution against the pizza restaurant starts. And it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. But just, like, as you get these, like, flows of tension that suddenly come up. And then you just go back down to, like, no, this is just a normal day. Just a normal day. Because it is, like, such a silly thing. Like, everyone's yeah. kind of like, okay, calm down. Yeah, like, yeah. this is a big deal. Uh, no, it's not. It, it's, like, not a big deal. But then, like, the same people end up getting into these situations where the tension is suddenly rising for, like, a few short minutes of the movie. And then you go back to this totally normal thing where you get to see the neighborhood again and nothing's happening. Um, and... What I thought was so interesting about Do the Right Thing is that the whole movie seems to be building up tension towards the final scene. Like, all of it is building up to the big thing uh, that happens at the end. 
Um, you can say it. <laughs> to the burning down of the pizza place at the end. Um, so, I, like, as I was watching it at first, like... I was a little bit bored. I was like looking through and I could appreciate all the artistic elements going into it. Um, but I was like, there isn't much of a plot if you don't know the end of it. Because it starts off and you're just seeing things. And everything that happens in the movie is geared towards informing, like, this is an inevitable thing that's going to happen. Like, this pizza place is going to burn down. Um so yeah, I really, really liked this movie. <laughs> um, to like tie it back, I no, I love this movie. Um, to tie it back into like the theat that theatricality is that a word? Yeah, um, yeah. we can use it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, invent words. That's cool. Invent genres. Invent words. It's what we do here. Yes. Um, but it's kind of like like when he when Lee kind of like sets up and like introduces a community and like spends so long like getting the audience like into it like it everyone's connected because it's a community and everyone kind of knows each other yeah. but each scene kind of feels isolated and like kind of like a tableau yeah yeah um that like and then seeing them all like together because the only time that you really see i think everyone together is outside of the pizza place as it's burning yeah and then you see all the interactions and like all these like little isolated things come together yeah. and like be realized I, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, like, it is so theatrical in the way that it's done. Just, like, you have all these little sections, and then they come together, and, like, it makes sense that you had all those little sections once you get to the end. Um, but, yeah, I, I was, like, really into it. I'm not gonna lie, I was, like, every time that they showed uh, the disabled guy, what's his name, Smiley, uh, with the pictures, it just, like, broke my heart a little yeah. because everyone was so mean to him. And I'm like, stop being mean to him! Oh, yeah. That, like, really upset me. Like, it shouldn't have, but it really, really upset me every time. And I'm sure that's something he was going for. Just, like, let's make people uncomfortable here. Like, let's, <laughs> let's just do it. Um, what was your favorite scene? Oh, mm, that's hard. I mean, probably, like, at the end when Mookie and the pizza guy are, like, talking and the pizza guy kind of goes crazy he's like yeah just take your money take your money you're a millionaire now and Mookie's just like I'm only taking this much money and kind of walks away and the yeah. pizza guy is kind of like confused and Mookie's a little confused too and it's just kind of like showing how ridiculous the situation itself was like once the whole tension uh breaks and everything goes down you get to see the day after you get to see what yeah. happens to the neighborhood the day after and the realization that I feel like you get in there is that it made no sense for that to happen. Like, while it's happening in the movie, it's like, oh, it's inevitable. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But at once you get to the end of it, you just get this kind of feeling of like, but why? Like, this was pointless. Why did this even happen? Especially because uh, I think it's relevant because the pizza place was a place where the community came together. Yeah, everyone loved it. Exactly. That's what, like, kills me a little bit. Of it. it, like, broke my heart that they ended up burning the pizza place down because uh, the um, there's this group of black kids that like, said, no, we're not going to boycott this pizza place because I grew up on this pizza, like... And also, like, because the guy, the owner himself, like, has never, like... Yeah, he, like, cares about yeah. everyone in the neighborhood. His sons at some point are like, when are we going to move out of this neighborhood? Like, we don't want to be here. He's like, why would I move out of this neighborhood? Like, the people here know me. I've seen these people grow up. Like, they grew up on my pizza is the thing that he says, like, a few times and I think is just so sweet. So once you get to the end of the movie and you're like the tension has disappeared, you just get this kind of sense of like, pointless destruction, which I think is what Spike Lee is trying to do. Like all of this racial tension and destruction that you see, uh, I guess in this case in Brooklyn, but in many other places in the United States and everywhere where there's racism. <laughs> um, the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so pointless. It's just destruction for the sake of destruction. And then in the end, you're just left with this dissatisfaction of not understanding, like, well, but why did that happen? Oh, no yes. one, yeah, there's no actual reason. Um, also, what I love about that movie is that Mookie spends the whole time, like, he's kind of the main, he's, like, a straight, kind of, like, sobering character. Yeah. Like, th his friend is the one who's, like, there are no black people on this wall. And he's kind of, like, okay, shut yeah, up. Yeah, like, like, calm down. Um, but he's actually the one who throws, like, he takes the first action against the place yeah, where he works. Yeah, I was really shocked by that. Yeah. I, I was confused. That was something that I didn't really get. Um, but then I'm also, like, like... 
it's kind of like no like even this person who like is kind of like i don't want to say like not into it like he definitely like is affected by and understands racial yeah. inequality and like tensions but yeah. he's kind of like he's the most i think like het level-headed about it yeah that like he finally is like enough is enough like i'm gonna take a stand yeah i loved it yeah yeah, yeah. do the right thing is like a thing that should be watched <laughs> definitely um i'm gonna play a quick quick song and then we'll be right back so this is violet um from the new vita blues that's the album by the new vita blues so go wild enjoy um we'll be right back soon Thank <laughs> you. 
Tired of the gender binary, gender policing, or just want to speak your truth? Join CITR's Gender Empowerment Collective. This group of radio makers is all about centering the voices, issues, concerns, and experiences of women-identified, transgender, intersex, two-spirit, genderqueer, gender nonconforming, non-binary, and gender-fluid folks and allies. Anyone can join, no experience necessary. Like the Gender Empowerment Collective on Facebook or email volunteer at citr.ca. Our show, Babe Waves, airs Thursdays from 5 to 6 and features music, interviews, events, news, commentary, basically anything we care to talk about. See you then. Tune in to African Rhythms every Friday from 7.30 to 9 o'clock with your host, David Love Jones, as he plays a heavyweight selection of classics from the past, present, and future. This includes jazz, soul, hip-hop, Afro-Latin, funk, and eclectic Brazilian rhythms. Lots of people! They take it like a game. Hello and welcome back to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM um, with Dama and Dora. Still broadcasting live from Unseen Muscogee Territory. Um, still talking about Spike Lee. It's still Black History Month. A lot of stuff. So many things that we're still doing. <laughs> so if you did not hear the first half of this, we're talking about Spike Lee. Yeah. Because it's Black History Month. And we're basically just... Spending this whole episode being like, he's amazing. He's good. Um, I don't think I went into this episode thinking that that was how it was going to go. That's not what we meant. But no. but no, it's just like th- whenever I think about him, I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Like, he's awesome. Yeah, he does good things. Um, the point. <laughs> so we just played um, Violets off of the new Vita Blues album, the new Vita Blues. Vita Blues. Um, just like a chill jazz track for you yeah enjoy um yeah as you will and should um when over the just we just played um a couple psas and a song and we were like thinking of all the stuff that we need to say in the second half of the episode we have a lot of things to say today yeah we're just gonna freaking go into it right now um first one is i'm super excited because i'm interviewing barbara chirinos um who is the Filmmaker in charge of organizing um, VIF's um, Black History Month like programming. She's amazing. I'm super excited. We're going to be playing that in a couple weeks. And yeah, stay stay tuned, tuned for that. Um, all, uh, Also, Dama's parents might make an appearance oh, next week. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> I'm like praying this happens. Um, if, there are any, if they're anything like you, I'm sure it'll be oh, yes. amazing. They have strong accents, so it'll be fun. Yes. It'll be fun. Um, cannot wait. <laughs> and then also, we have a ticket giveaway. Go to our Facebook page, comment. I think I wrote literally anything. <laughs> just just prove to us that you were listening now yeah, no. by, by writing anything at all. Um, anything. Yeah, no, we have one comment so far. Someone told us what they had for breakfast, which was really chill. Um, the movie is Mally Blues. It follows um, four different artists in a bunch of different genres, or I guess in four different genres, from Mally, which is um, considered the birthplace of bl- the blues genre, and um, their musical development and how they kind of like have integrated other genres in, blah, blah, blah. Um, blah 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 kind of sounded harsh but like um etc etc it's seems like it's it's kind of like a really cool documentary style awesome movie playing at fifth on monday february 13th at seven so it's coming up comment literally anything it's my birthday that day so (laughs) you should go happy birthday dama thank you oh wait no dama it's your birthday happy birthday dama thank you um for those of you who don't know that was a a reference to the michael jackson simpsons episode where it's lisa's birthday fun fact about my life my mom loves that song and she (gasps) sings it all the time and adapts the lyrics for like literally anything she'll be like i am doing laundry shirts are getting cleaned and i'm like sarah stop like it's so annoying terrible it's also really cute um so yeah what else oh yeah and then yesterday we had trivia 
coupling with uh, SFS, yes. which is the Science Fiction and Fantasy Society. See, we do things with other clubs. Yeah, no, that's like the whole point. <laughs> it's a thing we do. Um, Film talk is with the people. Okay. Yeah, but it was super successful. We talked about Lord of the Rings, and by talked about, I mean asked questions about the Lord of the Rings and the, the and Hobbit too. About it. Yeah, <laughs> for <laughs> some reason, the Hobbit no, got in those questions. We had a like, few. We had a few Hobbit questions that were hilarious. You actually left before we had to do a tiebreaker because we had a tie, oh. and so we came up with like an on-the-spot tiebreaker, which was a hobbit question because you're like no one's gonna expect a hobbit question it's gonna be difficult i would have lost i would have lost that time it was a lot of fun it was so intense i think that was the epitome of the tension in the trivia night was the tiebreaker did you say epitome Mm. yes it's epitome epitome I thought that they were two different words that like happened to mean the same thing for years until one time in track in high school i said epitome and this girl was like I do the same thing. It's a bit of me. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And now you have passed that knowledge on to me. I never and know which listeners. one it is. See, like, I Epitome's thought... Epitome's not a word. I've been saying, <laughs> like, I, I switch it around. Sometimes I say epitome, and sometimes I say epitome, and I'm like, at some point, like, someone's gonna tell me if I'm wrong, and you just did. It's so. especially weird, um, because while, when I see epitome written down, I'm like, yes, that makes sense. That's how you would spell epitome, but it's, like, it really... I you really wanted it to have like, a Y at the end. Yeah, you like, wanted to have a Y at the end. It looks like epi- like epitome. This is not really relevant to our <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry. That's just a problem in my life. And like whenever I see it like when I see it written down, I say epitome first and I'm like, wait a second. Bad. No, no. Bad Dora. Um <laughs> Um, but Trivia we, was great. Trivia was awesome. It was the epitome of everything we've ever worked towards yeah. um we have it every other thursday in the gallery 2.0 at from four to six next week we're doing studio ghibli um next trivia night so oh two yes weeks yes um now. in two weeks so what during reading what break is, oh actually no i don't think we're doing one during reading break it's like the week after oh okay we should we adjusted for inflation oh nice <laughs> nice i don't know if that makes sense yeah. um but, let's figure it out yeah <laughs> but um check facebook we'll put, yeah we'll put it on facebook <laughs> That's, I feel like that's our um, advice for anyone who's interested in film song. I'm just like, go on Facebook. Please. <laughs> it's the thing. Um, but yeah, we're doing Studio Ghibli and Wes Anderson, which is going to be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're very, very excited about that. And then, finally, next week, we have Space Jam. <laughs> Space Jam Bizarre Garden. We are so excited about this. Fun fact, listeners. I don't know if you know this, but oh. the song I Believe I Can Fly was written for the movie Space Jam. I don't care what Andy Rossio says. That is a very fun fact. <laughs> yeah, Andy. <laughs> um, I love that fact. I think it's so fun. People don't know it. People born before... No, no. I never know how to like say this fact. <laughs> people born before 1996 like know that's a fact, and people born after don't. Um, and... I think it's super fun, and I love the reaction people like my age kind of like get. But ever, anyone older is like, yeah, duh, that was like an integral part of the marketing campaign for that movie. Um, Shut up, everyone! Yeah, else. no, no, no. Um, yeah, I love that song. I one time I was recording. I think I was doing our promo for the show, <laughs> um, which we won't play, <laughs> but we should play. <laughs> Maybe Dora, we should play it. But we um. I was in it and I was like taking a break and I just like put I believe I can fly on and someone came in they were like I heard this I don't like I don't know like was wondering who that was it was pretty <laughs> it was silly nice um but yeah Space Jam love that movie classic Michael Jordan gorgeous mm. and it's gonna be awesome yeah. next Friday in room two three zero one in the nest at doors at seven movie starts at eight free beer free popcorn. Free candy. Free candy. Free like, entry. Free movie. Yeah, like free talking to people that care <laughs> about the movie. Free socializing. Please. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so exciting. I'm very, very excited for it. I always forget Bill Murray's in that movie until I watch it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. I was doing the poster for it this week, so I was reminded that he was in it. Um, yeah, classic. Um, Great. We only have about 15 minutes left, but let's talk about the other movie you watched. Let's talk about the other movie I watched. I watched... Bring it back to Spike Lee. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, So I watched 25th Hour, which I'm going to just apologize right now. 
We just had an episode about Edward Norton. We just had and one. And our logic for that episode was, um, if because we talk about him all the time, the logic was, we'll get it out in one go. We'll have It'll an be hour a catharsis. Long. No, appar- apparently <laughs> that was useless. That was not enough because... I was just going through Spike Lee's filmography, like, oh, what am I going to watch? And I'm like, oh, 25th Hour, this sounds interesting. And I click it, and the first thing I see is Edward Norton's face. And I'm like, well, now I have to. <laughs> we now, committed. Now I have to watch it. So, What did you think? Uh, okay. I was a little bit confused that it was a Spike Lee movie. Yeah. Just, like, it doesn't seem very much Spike Lee. Like, he's, he's always done a lot of black centric films so like it focuses on the issues of like gang wars or racial tension or you know that stuff and there's like no racial tension in this movie that i could discern at least um it's still very good so what it's about is this like drug dealer monty or montgomery that's edward norton (laughs) um so that's that's why i watched the movie i'm so sorry um So he's, like, been caught, or we don't know that initially. Initially, he's just saving a dog, and it's really cute, and we don't know anything about him. He's just saving this dog. And then we kind of, like, fast forward to the present moment where we find out that he's been sentenced to seven years for drug dealing, and that's bad. He's he's not into it. He had actually, like, just decided that he was going to stop dealing and was caught dealing again so it's it's just kind of sad ed move damn ed why <laughs> my ed has his flaws unfortunately or his characters do yeah no not I him think ed norton himself has any flaws <sighs> okay bringing it back bringing it back <laughs> gotta refocus <laughs> so this is uh it, it all happens like in manhattan and the whole kind of premise of the movie is that we follow Monty in this last night that he has before he goes to jail and you get like a bunch of flashbacks to like understand how he got into this position and why each person that he's meeting on that night is like important to meet um so I was very confused throughout a lot of it to be honest because it it isn't super clear when it's a flashback and when yeah. it's the present day. And, oh my god, I had to, like, take it very slowly to be able to understand what was happening. But basically, he, like, meets up with two of his old friends from, like, high school or whatever um, in this super expensive nightclub because that's, like, what he used to be able to do as a drug dealer. Um because he had all this money and contacts and stuff and he kind of goes on like this one last night where he's going to do all the things so he has all of the cool VIP locations and he's with his girlfriend uh Naturel who played by Rosario Dawson yes and like he at one point we get a flashback to how they met and she was like in high school still and he was just kind of like roaming around the high school probably selling drugs to kids and he's like hey hey girl how old are you and she's up, like Rosario? yeah and and they fall in love but the interesting thing about that relationship is that for most of this movie we think that rosario is the one that like snitched on him because like when the cops go into Mondi's house they just like know exactly where to look for the drugs so it, it's just kind of like whoa it must Someone close to him yeah. must have snitched, and someone, uh, one of Monty's like business partners, had just suggested that it was that it was natural. So he's kind of, it's this very tense relationship through a lot of it because you see them being really happy when they first start the relationship, but as soon as he gets sentenced to seven years in prison, uh, he's very very distrusting of her and. It's, like, very sad to see them being very sad. Um, However, like, they do kind of discuss the different possibilities. Like, oh, what if I don't go to jail? And I think that my favorite part of this movie is, like, towards the end when um, Monty's being driven to jail by his father, 
There's like a flash forward. Yeah, there's this flash forward of just like what would happen if instead of going to jail right now, he just turned and went somewhere else. Because like he's in Manhattan. So just go west. Go west somewhere. And he's like, oh, no, but I'm going to be caught. And it's like, no, you only get caught if you come back. So just go and drive and you're going to like make a name for yourself. And, and his dad is like giving him yeah, his yeah. advice. Yeah, yeah. His dad like, is just being like, yeah, escape the law. And it's like a really long sequence. It yeah. must take like 15 minutes to like explain this whole new life that he's going to have if he goes west. And it's like, does he go or does he not go? I'm not going to tell you. But <laughs> we have to maintain the integrity of one movie yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a really powerful scene. Like yeah, when you so go through all of Monty's life, if he doesn't go to jail. And it's ooh, heartwarming and, and great. So, yeah, I I really liked the movie. Like, as a movie, I'm just a little confused as to, like, where the Spike Lee touch comes in here. So, like, it's an Edward Norton movie. I'm going to love it regardless. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think we still see some of the theatrics that you get in uh, Spike Lee movies. Just because, like, you do have these, like, little tableaus of the friends i think like one of his friends is this like fifth grade teacher no high school teacher high school teacher oh and um, he's like yeah he's like creepy interested in one of his students who's like underaged and so you get to see a little bit of his life and see like this seemingly irrelevant relationship he has with his with his student because it like does nothing to Monty's life yeah. and Monty is the guy that this whole movie's about and you get the other friend you like get to see him on Wall Street and doing his job and it's like I don't care about this guy's life but you still get to see all these like little pictures of things that don't seem super relevant yeah I think it's like a new style for Spike Lee but I do think it's like still like equally dramatic like I can like I can definitely imagine it on stage and like everyone freezes and then this one little like flashback or this one scene kind of happens um I actually saw saw this movie um my mom had like a very I don't think she thought it like knew it was a real I feel like I'm talking my mom a lot but she didn't know it was a real world like-esque thing um she was like we're gonna watch every philip seymour hoffman movie ever um she bought like a bunch of them and oh, was like God. we're gonna do it um and she counted this as a philip seymour hoffman movie he plays the high school teacher i don't know if that really if that counts he's a very small role but um we watched it and she was like i like sh- it was such a deliberate choice to cast a white main character um i think and I, we, like, had a mini conversation about it, but I think that a big part of it was Spike Lee does make so many, like, racially focused films that he was just, like, this is not about race. Like, this is, like, and I think it's really his only film that I've seen or, like, really heard mm-hmm. of that isn't about race um, and isn't doesn't really follow the same kind of, like, narrative structure as a lot yeah. of his movies. Um, it's, like, very good. Um but it, you're right, it like feels very out of place. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it feels weird because we're used to thinking of Spike Lee in the context of racially relevant movies. And this really is not about it. Uh, and that does not make it a bad movie. It's still a very good movie. Um, it's just like weird to see this director that is normally so racially focused do something that has nothing to do with it. And I think definitely like casting a white main character, especially someone iconic like Edward Norton is like, okay, like, hold up. This is just a thing it's an ed it's an ed norton movie um you actually have a fun fact about oh my god i have such a fun fact about this so one of the producers is toby mcguire and he was the one that actually acquired the rights because 25th hour is a book too oh yeah 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 it's based on a book and toby mcguire acquired the rights for this movie because he wanted to play the main character imagine yeah just let that sit for a moment the guy that does the creepy dancing in spider-man 3 he would be playing Montgomery. Like, no, it it makes no, no sense no, no. to me. It would be terrible. And he turned it down to do Spider-Man, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, he decided, no, you know what? Let's just get someone else in it because I have to do Spider-Man. Which so is, like, funny. Good choice on, on his part. Like, that's what he's known for. Go Spider-Man. Yeah, he but made a wow. lot of money. Yeah, but wow. I can't, I can't even fathom i genuinely would not have watched 25th no. hour if it had been with toby mcguire instead of edward norton we should do a toby mcguire episode and just like trash him. no <laughs> that's so mean 
mean, I appreciate his word, his work in Spider-Man up until the third one, where it's just, where it's just bad. It's just so bad. funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Spike Lee. Spike Lee, great director. We were very, we were very excited to talk about this, especially because we had to hold off for a week. Yeah, that was like we've been prepping, which it makes it like that much more embarrassing that I only watched one movie. <laughs> um, you had a whole extra week, Dora. Come on, I know. Um, but I do. I am kind of happy because we're doing a um, Denzel Washington episode, <clears throat> so I'm holding Malcolm X off for that one. Um, I do feel like I would have been pretty lazy and just use Malcolm X for both either way so this time I can say fresh things about Denzel I'm excited it's gonna be a good thing thanks it's gonna be nice um what are we talking about next week Ooh, we're talking about I don't remember the name Ava DuVernay <laughs> yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be good she's this female black director how In many Selma. movies has she made I want to say like five yeah she doesn't have a huge filmography so we're probably gonna be overlapping with a lot of movies which is good i, I feel like we should overlap movies more because then we can both talk about them um but yeah she did selma which is like the big thing that drew me to this uh director and it's going to be so good especially because my parents are maybe coming i actually just got a reply from my mom and she's like yes i want to be on yes I don't, what's your mom's name my mom's name is connie connie welcome we we uh, cannot wait for you to be on this show it's going to be great <laughs> But yeah, quality radio content. Just bring your mom on. I'm so excited. My mom doesn't. My mom knows nothing about movies. Like disclaimer, my mom knows nothing about movies. She'll fit right in. She hasn't watched Fight Club. How are you related? I know. I know. I don't understand how it's possible for the mother of someone who's watched Fight Club over ten times to not have seen Fight Club. At one point, it was just like a moral stance. She was just against the movie because, like. It was rumored uh, that the guy, there was this big shooting in Brazil when we were living there. And he, the guy said that he did it because of Fight Club. And it was like, come on, boy. Come on. Um, so she was like, no, I, I refuse to watch this violent movie. And I'm like, mom, you it's so good. You need to experience cinema. Yes. Um, I might actually force her to watch this next week. <laughs> um, the like, I would say the harrowing thing about um, talking about Ava DuVernay next week is we were like coming up with episode themes for the next couple months and we were like we've never done a black like we've never done a black female as like the theme. we barely do females was oh the thing yeah but like it's like specifically like yeah that population we just like haven't talked about at all which is so embarrassing yeah, yeah. um we are very I'm at least very excited to like use our platform to like expand that conversation and especially during black history month like it's gross that we didn't do it before but now to like like this kind of like is like almost like forced us to realize that we had been like leaving this narrative out but and I, now we're bringing it in yeah very I felt terrible yeah so we're gonna be heading out now playing one more song and next up is dave radio with radio dave so enjoy that and enjoy the next song, which is... Um, this is Clementine, Was It My Fault by Honora from her album Post-Romantic Stress Disorder. So enjoy. And shout out to LeBron James. Yeah, LeBron James. <laughs> Watching every inch of me to rid myself of poetry that came from in between your teeth that night. I'm washing way down to my bones to get a little closer to home and find out where it all went wrong that night. Where you have found me 
watching every inch of me to cleanse myself of poetry that came from in between your teeth and I wash away down to my bones to get a little closer to home and find out where all went wrong and I Should I